Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to episode two of Life in Commune. Featuring the one and only Carling Harps. She's here. She's here. And Patrick Beach. And the sometimes Patrick Beach. What What are you when you're not Patrick Beach? I don't know. You know, sometimes I use an alias here and there. Oh, really? Patty. Patty, okay, Patty Pancakes. Patty Pancakes. That's Patty what pancakes. you are on my phone. Patty Pancakes. Patty Pancakes. For, I will never change it. See? You, know, you could you could change that 2011 pic you have of me in the thing, though. Nah, I like it. Well, I like it. A little vintage pre-beard. You have a picture of me associated with my, when I call you, from 2010. Maybe 2009. And you look the same. High five All on right. top. Yeah. I'll take it. But yeah, 2009 or You're 10. a bit bigger right now, though. I can't lie. Uh, yeah, I got an extra 30 stack on it, but yeah. you know, it's okay. Just, just living, just, just living, living larger. I'm, I'm, I'm happier these Two days. heartbeats, too. Two heartbeats. Yeah. A little busy. Two heartbeats, one body. Right? With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is about our relationship. Our part-time, full-time relationship. And what does that mean? What does it mean to be in a long-distance relationship? Not that what we have really is a typical long-distance relationship, but I know there are a lot of you that are in those kinds of relationships, and it's an interesting sea to navigate. 100%. And ironically, when this podcast comes out, we won't be together. No. We we will be in different locations. We'll be in different locations. You will Uh, be in... Dallas. Dallas, Texas. Most likely. I'll be in Seattle, Washington, which in the grand scheme of time we spend apart, not that far away. It's only a 10-day. And time difference, what? Three hours? Two. Two in Texas? Two, I think. I think it's two. It's nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Yokai is awake and making his presence known. I think maybe Yokai misses me most. But again, we're in the middle of a stretch of time, which is 30 days of... Or... 30 days and 40 days being apart. Mm -hmm. So we just finished up a trip where Patrick was teaching in Europe for about three weeks. And originally we had planned this trip to go together and teach together. Um, Got the okay from the midwife. Everything was going to be fine to travel even in the third trimester. But because we had so many delays at the studio with construction, Seattle had a big snowstorm this year. It just, you know, if you've ever built anything out or remodeled your home or something, you know that um, contractor timelines are not... They work at their own pace. Timelines. They are not grounded in reality. And so, because the studio had a lot of delays, it meant that when it was time for that Europe trip, we just couldn't justify both of us going. And I've run a studio before. I needed to be there to to make it happen. So, we stayed home, but that meant we had three full weeks of a long stretch of being apart then. And then you came home for 10 days. And then you're going again for 10 days. Yeah, I evaporated. Because... TBH, as much as I really do love the students in Missouri and Texas and Oklahoma, where I want to be in June at 35 weeks pregnant is not the South. Is in your own Or the Midwest. Or anywhere that's that humid. Really, it's the humidity. It's also really just about you wanting to stay in your comfort zone. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've been to Oklahoma in June. It's hot. It's really hot. I'm I'm just hot in life right now, so um, so I'm sitting this one out. But it is another stretch that means we've had a, a good solid couple months of back forth, back forth. Yeah. So just to start off, what is it like for you? How does your day to day change? I would say every time we go through these stints, because sometimes it's really long. I mean, years ago we we haven't had we've tried to narrow down the travel stint so it's no more than three weeks apart. Yeah. But maybe five or six years ago, there were times when you were gone for six, seven weeks at a time, which was really hard for me. Mm -hmm. Now I've got a system down and I'm 
much more secure in my independence in that way. But where I go through this ebb and flow, the first two days that you're gone, the first like 24 hours even, I'm pretty sad. Yeah. Usually I like order a pizza and watch a Harry Potter movie <laughs> or something like that. Or Harry Potter movie or two. Yeah, or two. Rewatch Game of Thrones or, you know, something along those lines. Turn on the whole Star Wars trilogy and watch them all. Um, but so, so usually there's like 24 hours of sadness where mm. I'm just kind of bummed out and lonely and I've just dropped you off the airport and it sucks. And then I usually wake up the next day feeling super motivated and like, all right, get your shit together, Carling. Look at all this time you have now to be super productive and revel in your capitalist society of like checking off the boxes, to-do list, and I feel really empowered to just get shit done and be productive and then also to be selfish. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. It's like, okay, I want to do this kind of workout. I want to do this kind of practice. Or this is super selfish, but maybe I haven't told you this, but because Patrick is allergic to soy... And we happen to live in the Pacific Northwest where there's a ton of really good Asian food. We don't eat that much Asian food. And so when he's gone, I try to eat my fill of like Thai food, Chinese food, <laughs> pho. I'm like, go give me all the good things, all the soy sauce, all that stuff. So I try to like... You up your soy I intake. I do. I up my soy intake. blow it out of the I'm water. like, give me the egg rolls. Give me the dim sum. What that means is that I do support you eating Thai food. Yes. I just don't. You just don't. And, I just I, don't. and I'm not going to suggest let's go to a Thai restaurant when you can't yeah. eat anything there. That's very fair. Um, Thanks. I appreciate that. But Seattle that. has a lot of great Thai food and it's kind of a staple here. I mean, I grew up on teriyaki. Yeah. And that delicious salad that comes with your teriyaki if you're from the northwest you know what i'm talking about but it's like all stuff that you can't eat yeah so when you're gone i kind of try to get my fill with all that stuff knowing that i i won't eat it again for a while yeah and then and then i get in the groove and then the last like two days before you come home i start getting excited and then it's like a fun productiveness of make sure the house is clean maybe make some treats get excited for you to i appreciate home. the treat life yeah, yeah i try to make sure there's cookies or something nice yeah. when you come home it's and make sure that nature. and make sure that the house is clean and you have something nice to come home to because i know that on the road it's like sometimes you get an awesome airbnb and it's lovely and sometimes other times you get an awesome airbnb and then other times it's a less awesome airbnb <laughs> oh my god so i was just in i was just in france and this is slightly off topic but on topic as well uh i was staying in an Airbnb that was right next to the Louvre. And it was amazing in terms of the location. And it had a washing machine. So I just scanned through, okay, boom, oh, awesome location, has washing machine, bam, books. Really quick, didn't look too much about it. No Wi-Fi. No Wi-Fi. 20, 20, this is 2019 in Paris. <laughs> there should be Wi-Fi. Yeah, no, and, no Wi-Fi. And also Airbnb. maybe, uh, you know, you can tell when someone took their photos with like a wide angle lens yeah. Yeah. and made the place look yeah, a little I, bigger. I could, touch, I could touch the wall on one side and yeah. then the door on the other. There were like, a oh. lot of presets to yeah. up the lighting, the exposure. You know, there's ways to make your place look nicer than it is and you got caught yeah. in one of those. There was, there was no shower curtain on the, the bath shower situation. Who needs it? Who needs it? Who needs yeah. it? Floors peeling off. Who needs them? Who needs them? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You the know, fake wood floors. Yeah, so. That looked like really beautiful wood in the photo. Just, Anyways. Sometimes it happens. Not to, not to rip on the Airbnb, no, but maybe I, just that it happens. I want to make sure that when you come home, you get to come back to a home that reminds you that home is nice. Yeah. Well, you know nice. what I mean? It's comfortable sleeping in your own bed. You, you got to sell home to me, you know? Sell, yeah. Like, keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I I enjoy that, too, and I always have. I like baking for other people and, and doing that, so... It's fun for me. But that's part of the cycle. It's like this little curve of ebb and flow. 
Um, but energetically, depending especially on how long you're gone, I always get in the groove, yeah. which I find very liberating. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I like to know that you're empowered when I'm gone. I do, gone feel, I do, do your feel thing. empowered. What is the biggest shift in terms of your day-to-day, like your thought process? Versus like when we're together versus when we're apart. Like when, you're, when we're apart, what's the difference in your thought process? I think I go very much into what, uh, not self-care, but like self-preservation mode of yeah. what do I need to do today? What do I want to do today? Mm-hmm. And you are such an active person. Yeah. If you know Patrick, you know that he is, he's not go, go, go in like a type A, got to get it all done way, but he's just go, go, go in like he wants to do it all. Like, sure, experience you just want to do things. And I want to do things too, but I like to take breaks. Yeah. And so, That's very true. And so we go at very different paces. We go at different paces. So when we are together for very long stretches, I am pushed to my energetic like edge more than I am when I'm by myself. And so yeah. sometimes it's nice to rein back and go, okay, well, could I answer these emails from bed? And the answer is... I could, (laughs) or, you know, or could I eat dinner at seven and go to bed by nine? Yes, I could. And so so it's nice to kind of recharge. It's almost like it helps me with the balance of introvert and extrovert um, to be, to have those moments or pauses where you get to be more introverted or get to focus on other things. Whereas we have so many common friends and we work together and we live together and a lot of our social circles are all together that when it's separate, it's nice to be able to um, shift your focus a little bit to different circles and different groups. And, and I think different thought process mm-hmm. ma- processes, maybe. I feel that one of the reasons I call our relationship a full-time, part-time relationship, obviously we're in a full-time relationship. We have been for a long time. But in terms of the people don't understand how much time we spend together when we are together. And that's what I mean by the full-timeness. Mm-hmm. We do everything together. Like for the most part, in mm-hmm. an, in a day when we are in the same place, mm-hmm. it is very much. It's pretty much all the meals, all the practice, teaching, work, yeah, social engagements. It's all together. All together. It's not like you go do your thing or you watch a football game and I go hang out with my girlfriends. It's when, like when was the last time I went to watch a football game? <laughs> that was a very gendered <laughs> example I just yeah. gave. But can it, you at least give me a little credit? Like like, <laughs> like a basketball game. Is, yeah. I only have two sports interests. Interest and it's basketball and UFC. So that's true. Football yeah. is not one of them. But not one of them. in a, the gender stereotype norms of a relationship, it's yeah. not like I go for girls' night and, and you and you go hang out in a man cave or go golf. Like yeah. it's just not like that. And we share so many common interests and always have. It's why the relationship is easy. But that when we are together, it is a very full time, full on, and don't even think twice about a thing. It's not yeah. like do you want to come do this? It's like we're gonna go do this. Okay, cool. Yeah. There's no there's no second guessing that. I find that the times where we are apart, I talk so much less and I think so much more. I feel like every time I come back, I'm like an explosion of ideas because I've essentially been having these like personal conversations with myself. That is true. That is true. Because you are a person who likes to talk it out. Yeah. Like talk through a problem, talk through something that's going on in your head. That That's how you cope with things is you, you talk them out. Yeah. So I think if I'm not there to talk them out with you. You just talk them out with yourself. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then wait to tell me about yeah. them when you get home. I have to always remind him. I said, put it in a spreadsheet. Put it in a list so we can talk about it when you get home so you don't forget it. Yeah, I have a little notebook yeah. that I write things down in for the day-to-day um, you know, nature of ideas that come up. 
but yeah, because we're always communicating with one another, or I'm always communicating in terms of teaching classes or talking to other people uh, in our lives, when I'm traveling, especially abroad, I don't talk to as many people because of the language barrier oftentimes, or just not knowing people. Like for example, most of the time um, when I'm places, I usually know people that are around. So there's like an easy segue into communication. But when that isn't the case, it gives me time to be a bit more introspective, I think. And it's actually one of the good things that I really enjoy about the space because it allows us, or me, I'll let you speak on it in a second, the opportunity to just process a bit more as opposed to uh, act or react a bit more. I think when you're in the day-to-day of something, you get into these patterns of... Uh, the circumstances of your life you know what I mean and then you get too tied up in what somebody said to you at work or the person who cut you off in traffic or uh, you know something some drama that's like two two people away from you essentially you get caught up in other people's shit you know what I mean as opposed to when you get a bit more introspective all of a sudden you're like oh, it doesn't really matter to me like I'm, I'm more in my own world I'm in my own zone and I'm just trying to have that human experience of my own life. Which I think is an interesting point because it's why I think the balance of how our life works um, is really actually quite effective and healthy. Yeah. And why I think a full long-term relationship can be so, so, so difficult because you're missing those day-to-day like mediocrities. Mm-hmm. And those are such a part of conversation. Completely. Your day-to-day life, what happened at work, what so-and-so said or whatever is happening with your family, all that stuff is so relevant in your day-to-day when you're in a real-life relationship where you're face-to-face with someone all the time. We maybe don't even realize how much we talk about that stuff. Yeah. We isn't everyone. And when you're in a long-distance relationship you know, when we had times apart for a really long period of time, if I'm going to sit there and tell you about this student I had in my class and this, that, and the other, you're going to listen because you love me and you want to listen yeah. to what you want to talk, but it's not that relevant to you because you weren't there, mm-hmm. right? Or or this is when we lived in Portland and you were traveling a ton, and if you've ever been to Portland or seen the episode of Portlandia where they talk about the drivers, because <laughs> everyone, <laughs> people, this was, uh, people are so, so slow. slow, but so polite. Everyone sits at a four-way stop and it's like, no, you go, no, you go, yeah. no, no, it's fine. You go. And it's like, someone has to go. Yeah, at, One at of us point, has to go. We got to cross the threshold. The city is not that this. big. We got to go. Yeah. And so uh, there'd be times like that where I, you know, there's a funny story that happened on the way home from teaching class. And then we get on FaceTime to talk about it. And. It's not that funny if you weren't it does, there. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, translate. It doesn't really hit with me. And you lose that day-to-day connection in a typical long-distance relationship. And even though it seems mundane and like it's not the big stuff, it is such a human connection to just Completely. go through stuff together and sit down and have meals together, whether they're great or they're shitty or, or any of that, that you do lose that in a, a strict long-distance relationship. And I think that's one of the hardest things and easiest to overlook. So you can have as many deep conversations as you want, but if you don't have the lighthearted, mundane stuff, you're missing like that part of the just human coexisting part. Yeah, just the, the everydayness of life, mm-hmm. I think, gets... As we... Like the first week of the trip, I'm still somewhat plugged into like what you're doing on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis. But then probably by around maybe day five or seven, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of in my experience mm-hmm. wherever I am. And we know we'll talk at around the same time, depending, the same time depending, depending on, on the time, time zone. Job. It's like, okay, I can FaceTime. Okay, I'll make sure I'm home. Okay, I'll yeah. make sure I'm on Wi-Fi. Yeah. 
and you spend an inordinate amount of time just sitting on FaceTime with each other, which is funny too when you're traveling and it's yeah, like, I'm going to sit in my, my maybe nice Airbnb, yeah. but sit on FaceTime or just try to get Wi-Fi to work or things yeah. like that. Or, um, but you, you do lose touch with the day to day. Yeah, completely. because it doesn't matter. Because for me to, for us to spend our one hour of FaceTime, me telling you, well, there were this many people in class, and I drove here, and I yeah. ate tacos for lunch. Like it's just not. It, it's important because it's part of your life. But when you're long distance, you start to just leave that stuff out because you know. Exactly. Like I, I feel that one of the things you, you have to find it, it becomes about you and finding your joy in the day to day. And not about it being a shared joy or a shared experience. Mm-hmm. It becomes more about your experience, which I actually think is a really necessary thing for people in all relationships, because you have to, you have to realize that everything is only as relevant as it is to you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this, I think, this is one of the biggest learnings I have about our um, long distance time apart. I'm like, oh, right now, like what's really relevant to me is. For example, just because I talked about Paris a second ago, like when I'm, I love walking through Paris. Like it's one of my favorite things to do of any part of the world, especially because the weather was really nice when I was there uh, most of the time. So having the opportunity to walk through Paris and to just see all those things and know that I'm just enjoying that for myself. You know, I'm not enjoying that. Like I took a ton of pictures when I'm there, but I don't like post them and share them or even share them with you really. And it's not because I'm like hiding back. I'm like, oh, like you've seen a lot of these things mm-hmm. and but they're special to me because it was my experience and I think like having those things that give the experience value to you personally and not to your partner or to social media or to society um, it allows you to have internal validation which I think is one of the biggest things that ends up missing um, when you're when you've been in a relationship for a long time or you're very plugged into social media because how many times even when you for example if you're like buying something you're like hey what do you think of this oh yeah you ask for validation for everything all, all the time should I get this and even we do a, a part sometimes where yeah. you're shopping and it's like you send a picture and you're like hey do you like this and you're like hey hey can you respond right now because yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna but, buy like it like it's 2 a.m. it's 2 a.m. but I need to know if you like these shoes yeah <laughs> like it's really important but it's true you you want validation and. I think that the time apart, especially we've been in a relationship for a decade now, so All it's, right. right. So it's it's easy to just not even realize you're doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I I think I almost used to do it more than I do it now. Yeah. But wanting reassurance that I'm making mm-hmm. the right decision all the time. Exactly. What do you think of this? Well, what about this? And it's... Because you're like, two minds is better than one. It's like yeah. not trusting yourself. Yeah. And you assume that two opinions better. But sometimes two opinions is just more conflicting. 100%. So you're reminded to trust yourself. And you're also reminded that there you have personal consequences of things. that so you can't share the blame with other people. Yeah. It's like, I, I made this choice today. It went one way or the other. But it was me that did it. And I think it's easy to lose sight of that in a long-term relationship when everything has been us, we them Mm -hmm. which is something that i've actually been working on personally when we're apart is not that i don't want to talk about you but it's easy to just talk about the other person oh yeah when someone asks how are you to just have the conversation be oh well patrick's gone yeah oh well this or always using the term we when -hmm. someone didn't ask about we they maybe asked about me and maybe it's this like a female thing to do or just if you've been in a relationship for a long time to assume that because i noticed for me not to cut you off so stay on your thought but because of the pregnancy, I've been getting asked so many more we questions um, when I've been apart mm-hmm. from you. And I'm always like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we're doing good with the pregnancy. And then I always stop myself. I'm like, yeah, Carling's doing great. Like, I don't, I, 
from what she tells me, I don't know because I'm not pregnant. Yes. Like I'm not the one that's yeah. carrying mm-hmm. the baby. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's on you. That's on me. Get the, you're doing good. Get the job done. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, but it's true. Like, it's just easy to turn it into a, a cumulative experience mm-hmm. and forget that I am having my own experience. You are having your own experience. It's something that we've talked about many times with this idea that it's something I hate about the saying that it's, um, what's the, what's the Jerry Maguire quote? Um, you complete me. Yeah. It's this idea that you're like two halves or my better half or two halves of a whole. And I just think that the way that we have worked through our relationship for so long and, and what was missing in past relationships with me was this idea of you complete me, that that we're two, that we are two halves of the same whole. And that's just, to me, an unfortunate way to look at things that instead we are two holes that enhance each other. It's like mm-hmm. one plus one equals three. Yeah. It's not this idea of like, oh, a, a part of my heart is missing when you're gone. Like, yeah. I'm very a capable person. You are a very capable person. We are both functional adults together and apart and that we can we can revel in the independence and in the camaraderie when we're together. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, we're best together. Because yeah. that's that to me is just a recipe for codependence and and um, and then long distance is fatal. Yeah, it, it, it just it sets you up for. In yoga, you always say, "Oh, like you you're trying to avoid suffering and like oh when you have expectations and there's opportunity to create suffering." That's one of those things. I really don't like to look at that when it comes to relationships. I like to look at it in terms of how you're spending your time and i think that in long distance relationships it's one of the things that you really want to monitor like how are you valuing the time that you have apart versus the time that you have together and where's the balance in that because it's what can happen a lot in long distance relationships like you were just talking about before is just waiting for that FaceTime. oh my god yes i have to be home i can't do this this. because at three o'clock that's when patrick's off of teaching and he'll have wi-fi and it's just all of a sudden yeah. the bulk of one person's day becomes four or five hours on FaceTime, which isn't a bad thing by any means. But if you're living a long-term, long-distance relationship like that, it's just, is that is that how you want to be spending your time? Is that how you want to spend your time? And I think that's... And is that what you want your relationship to yeah. be predicated on? Yeah. Like, it, it maybe it is, but I think it's something worth evaluating. Yes, because 100%. long distance, especially without an end in sight, like we've always had, oh, this trip is X amount of days. This trip is yeah. X amount of weeks. So there's always, I can always have that energetic arc of being sad, being independent, getting excited, yeah. which is like kind of what gets you through every trip mm-hmm. is like that level of um, that cadence. Yes. But if you're in a place where it's long distance for an unknown amount of time. Or, or not even that, you're somebody that doesn't like to be on the phone. You're someone mm-hmm. that doesn't like to do FaceTime. You're someone that likes to be busy, likes to be out, likes to be Yeah, doing. if you're that person, how are you ever going to, I mean, that's a exactly. real tough like, situation. Like you're setting yourself up in a way where no matter what, you'll always have some level of resentment towards the... Uh, the dependence on communication with somebody that's thousands of miles away. You know, what is the best, this is maybe not the best, but what just came to mind, the example of this is in the office when Jim and Pam are, <laughs> are when Jim or when Pam goes to art school yeah. in New York and she's having all these experiences with the friends in her dorm yeah. and going to parties and she's trying to tell Jim about it. And Jim's kind of like, Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah whatever her friends she's naming her friends and telling funny stories and they're not funny to Jim yeah Jim doesn't understand it so you sort of stop wanting to talk on the phone stop yeah. wanting to catch up as much and do other things because it's like well I don't 
I don't know yeah. what they're talking about anyway, so why bother? Or Pam is just so busy living life mm-hmm. that you're not going to come home and sit on the phone for two hours yeah. to make sure you reconnect. That it's hard to stay on the same wavelength, especially when one person is out and about and one person is not. Exactly. And, you, you, and you, it's just about finding a balance to that. And again, what it really comes back to is just valuing the time that you have uh, and understanding how you want to spend your time. Because again, like you have every day you wake up, you have a myriad of options of things you can do, no matter who you are in this world, mm-hmm. no matter how old, no matter how young, you have a myriad of options of things, uh, ways you can play your hand is what we always call mm-hmm. it, right? It's how you can play your hand, how you present yourself into the world. And you have to choose the relationship essentially. Like you have to, one of the cards you have to, have to play if you're in a, a distance relationship, really if you're in any relationship, is you have to play, I choose this. Mm-hmm. And making sure that you value that, I think, is just really important. And, and, and understanding that that's what you're doing, not putting the burden on somebody else, uh, just knowing that you're doing what you can. I think long-distance relationships are just really about making sure that it's how you want to spend your time. Yes. Is, is it just where you want to be in life? And that's mm-hmm. a hard question to ask when love is involved. Yes. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, just, it's really hard, but... There's more factors than love that make a relationship work. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was just about love, then um, I don't know. Maybe life would be easier or harder. But it's just not just about love. It's about it's about timing. It's about love. It's about compromise. It's about yeah. situation. Yeah. And timing, the same thing. Timing, compromise, and situation don't always go hand in hand with love. And so, how can you be honest about what you're getting out of the relationship? I don't want to sound like I'm dogging. Like you can't make a long distance relationship work. I just think. Because we do in a sense. Yeah, but I think a, a long-term, long-distance relationship is asking a lot, a, a lot of, it's asking for a lot of sacrifice from both you and your partner. Yeah. That may or may not be worth it in the end, but it's just how do you want to spend your time? And again, you're you're determining that worth and that value. Yeah. So you're not really here demonizing anyone. Yeah. Thing. It's just more like how be adding a touch of logic to your situation or to the situation. I know that's something that we do all the time. Mm. It's just like okay, like here's the emotional level, here's the logical level, and here's the logistical level. Yeah. And, and just having like those three kind of components. And again, we don't like break this down. This isn't like a spreadsheet, <laughs> like a Venn diagram or something yeah. like that where you're like, these are the logical mm-hmm. things. These are the logistical things. But it's but, easy to overlook logistical, yeah, logical. Exactly. Those are important components of a relationship. Yeah, 100%. To, to be honest, it's not the exciting stuff. But yeah. like logistically, like if you only get to see each other once a month, yeah, that's gonna be a tough go. Yeah. There are going to be road bumps. Yeah, road exactly. Blocks. Bumps, bumps, blocks, whatever you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're I good. I was saying the wrong word. Um, and in the same way, if you are in an intense relationship where you spend every moment together, every waking moment, and you never have a moment apart, yeah. there are also going to be bumps in the road. Totally. But there's a sweet spot between, and maybe it's not, you know, one person travels for weeks at a time, but there's a sweet spot of independence that I think helps you maintain your identity as a a you, as a Carling, as a Patrick, as to just a we. Yeah. I think that the independence has helped you become a much stronger person. Oh, I totally agree. Like, I think without the time apart, um, you would have not become as like individually strong as you are in terms of like oh what do you want because again i have such 
I have such an overpowering dream. You have a much more clear vision yes. for things than I ever have. And your vision has informed my vision many times. Yeah. But I wouldn't have had the clarity to set aside, to prioritize my own yeah. um, without time apart. Yeah. Because it, it is easy for me to, because I am a person who, even though I like to be to have you know alone time quiet time or whatever companionship matters to me mm -hmm. and and making other people happy and feeling good and that is important to me and it always has been yeah and so it is easy for it's always been easy for me to just fall into step with whoever i'm with yeah like with whether it's friends or boyfriends or relationships it's like what do you like yeah i'll learn about that because i want to be involved too yeah right like there's a reason i have weird banks of knowledge from past relationships because whatever that guy was into i was like yeah i'll research that and i'll, I'll become well-versed in german cars no problem I, I can get well versed in that oh call of duty i'll learn about that like then we can have that to do together and it's just like you know that was not me call of duty or german cars, or german cars. <laughs> spoiler alert those are not your, your those, interests those, that is a past that's a past thing yeah, a um, young carling yeah a young carling but if you know need to know about German cars. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, but those are things that was easy for me to fall into. And I don't know if it's a people pleasing tendency or just wanting to be connected with people and wanting to show shared interest and yeah, think, assuming they'd show it back. <laughs> I think that it's one of the, one of the things that makes our relationship work so well is that you are very ingrained in understanding how important shared interest is um, and shared experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like for me in the past, that was one of the things that, uh, maybe I always struggled with in other relationships is finding other people that actually had shared interests in terms of the other stuff, the random stuff, the things that you, you know, that, that are just part of the day to day of life. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't work on adding those shared common interests into your day to day, your life becomes about oftentimes other people. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. And it's, it's just a dialogue, like immersed in what happened at work, yeah. what your friends are doing, what the next trip is, what the next what the, baby what shower the is, what the next drama is. drama is, yeah, rather than some other independent interest. And I always found those sort of quirky interests to be the most compelling things about yeah. people. Is no, me too. What do you like really, what are you really things. passionate about? Even like, tell me all the weird stuff. I'm interested too because I yeah. like to learn. So sure, yeah, I'll learn all about that. That sounds cool. But it's easy to lose yourself in that too. And I think without having um, the independence or separation, it could have been easy for me to lose myself in you yeah. as well. In, in me. In, yeah. in these blues. In these baby blues. <laughs> it could have been easy, right? <laughs> to just be like, oh, I do like that. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And even though all those things make maybe me a more interesting person at the end of the day, it's, I have to remind myself. I think I remember finding it when you were traveling a lot in when we were in Portland five or six years ago. But when I got really into the doula training yeah. and into the birth world and just even though I wasn't ready to have a kid or anything, I just was so fascinated and it was nothing you were going to be interested in. Nope. I'll never forget ordering a ton of books for my doula training I did with Penny Simkin and they all came and they're sitting on, on the coffee table and Patrick walks in. He's like, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> what is all this? And it's like, it wasn't an interest for you. It was just something no. that I had no idea I was going to love and I let myself be immersed in it. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, it's the same thing I've done with trainings or other type of educational outlets. But it wasn't about something that we were sharing together or learn, getting interested in it so we could do it together. It was just about for me. And I don't think I would have trusted myself to pursue those paths without the time apart. Yeah, And, and again, with learning, I think, to build the sense of self. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, like not even just the trust in yourself, but like the sense of, do I like this? Because I think so often 
when we'll talk about this on a later podcast in a bit more detail, but it's so easy to think you need to be the person that you were and not the person that you are or the person that you are going to be. And what I mean by that is if you, you liked some things when you were eight and you liked some things when you were 16 and you liked some things when you were 24, that doesn't mean you need to like those things when you are 32. Forever. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm like you are not the person that you were. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's cool to like appreciate the time that you were into those things, but you just, you just look at yourself like, do I still actually like doing this or that thing? Yeah, and if it, I don't, then why am I still attached, am I to, still it? attached to it? Like, what's my, what's my connection to it? Well, I mean, when you've been in a relationship for a long time, and maybe the beginning of your relationship was predicated on certain things, yeah. there's this pressure to maintain those interests, mm-hmm. and maybe you've evolved and changed, and if you can't evolve and change together alongside yeah. each other, then I think that's when things get into, you get into trouble. Yeah. Right? If you can't accept that someone's maybe, you know, that things, you have to keep, you have to be willing to keep finding shared interests, mm-hmm. even if they're going to change. Yeah. To keep diving back into things together instead of just... It's just like learning how to uh, not only reinvest in yourself, but reinvest in the relationship together. Mm-hmm. You know, like like we're both... It's just like a savings account, you know, like that you share. Like, oh, like let's let's find ways to, um, to put essentially time... Yeah, to both bank and invest together. Both, yeah, bank and invest together in in this relationship and I think one of the things again for us that really allows that to work is that you know essentially because we're both yoga teachers you work a silly schedule just like I do when when we're in Seattle which Mm -hmm. means we have time to spend together that doesn't have to be work time like if you had to go and work a nine-to-five job Mm -hmm. on the days when I'm home like that would be brutal it would be really hard if I'm coming home from an eight or nine hour work day at Amazon and you're about to go teach. About to go teach. It just, it yeah, it's like, whatever, ships in the night. It's yeah. hard to really connect. I mean, I think the biggest, yeah, I guess time matters, whether it's a, a full-time relationship or a long-distance relationship, but it matters a lot long-distance. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, just coming back to that value of time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel that there's always, like, little rubs, too, in the relationship. Like, I don't know about for you, but for me... One of the things when we're apart that I get so, uh, that becomes so lame to me is eating dinner. <laughs> yeah, true. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. uh, again, if I'm staying like an Airbnb or in a hotel, like you're going out to dinner mm-hmm. and there's just, I have no motivation to go to like a nice restaurant or anything like that because like nicer restaurants are an experience, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? An experience shared with other people. But if I'm just sitting by myself in you know times, and honestly, I get I have very privileged. I have a lot of friends all over the world, so I get to go to nice places and share meals yeah. with other people. But when I'm eating alone, I'm just like, what am I gonna do? Like sit here and like read a book, yeah, look at yeah. my phone, like it, it just be, you know what I mean? It becomes this. Well, the, some of the allure wears off, it's just, and it's it, just meals sometimes become a utilitarian. Yeah, I just need to eat. I just need to eat. What I can I? I just need to eat. Or I like what's. Fast. I can sit alone and eat for X amount of time, but I'm not going to go to a really nice restaurant in France. And like, I know that people talk, I see it all the time on self-care type things. They're like, take yourself to dinner, this, that, and the other. And I know that that is not always an option to always go with someone else. But I do think it's kind of a uh, illustrious thing to say that it's great to go to dinner by yourself. Yeah, bring a good book. I can totally understand sitting at a bar having a drink and reading a book at a, at a chill bar or something like that. But having a nice dinner experience when so much about the shared joy of eating is like 
talking about it too. Yeah. Try this. It's so good sharing yeah. it with someone that it's not, it, it isn't the same by yourself. It's not the same. There's a, I cook a lot when you're gone. Yeah. I cook a lot of food. I order a lot of food or yeah. I go pick up food after class or things like that. It's just not the same. I'm I, Again, I'm not going to those Thai restaurants and, and sitting mm. and <laughs> eating my pad thai by myself. I am enjoying it here and maybe, you know, CJ and Laurel come over, we eat it together or something like that, but it's just not the same yeah. as going out to dinner by yourself. I think a good book still doesn't. It's just the biggest rub to me is yeah. this dinner. I'm like, obviously, I'm talking most of the day datings, of course, but yeah, it, it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I'm just gonna sit here. And There's a lot just... of things that doing doing them alone is awesome. Yes, walking oh. through a city, listening to the perfect song at oh my the gosh. perfect moment it's is amazing. Amazing that you don't even you don't even want it's anyone else there. Yeah, no, that. it's like, amazing. It's like museums, like some of the stuff. It's lovely to share, but it's totally worthwhile and, on your own there's no like it's still so so engaging and also really the freedom to learn to make your own choices mm-hmm. you know I, I feel that it's one of the things if you are you know in if you have a lot of great friendships or or you're in a long-term relationship where you mm-hmm. spend a lot of time with people oftentimes like hey what do you want for lunch or what do you want or what are you doing this evening they like, oh, I'm doing this or I'm going here like do you want to come it's like oh boom your choice was made for you yes whereas when you're by yourself I, honestly I think this is one of the like the biggest benefits to some the time we what spend I apart really want to do is that you're making choices for yourself mm-hmm. like you're like I am choosing 100% what I want to do in this moment mm-hmm. in this time like that like cannot be understated you also see yourself so clearly yeah too. exactly when you make choices and you're like have made a better choice there. exactly and you really, but i didn't you really and i know it. that like oh uh, wow. i might have been pushed to had you been home or this yeah. that and the other but you really are like oh okay what do i actually you can want? start to see the little mistakes that you tend to keep making and the habits that you're the like habits, yeah. why did i put that off all day well mm-hmm. no one encouraged me to do it and now here i am and i haven't done it and i have no one to blame but yeah. myself yes or like i would have felt better this is a thing for me that I, I don't deal with that much anymore but when i had a lot of anxiety and and was dealing with some depressive periods. It was like, just go outside and go for a walk. Yeah. Or like, go to a damn yoga class and, and instead of practicing at home. You will feel better. And I just sometimes couldn't make myself. Whereas when you were home, it was like, hey, you want to go to yoga at 10? Sure, let's go. Yeah. And then like the whole day starts. Mm-hmm. But I would get in these cycles where it was like, oh, maybe I'll go at 10. Okay, no, 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 I'll go at noon. Oh, no, I'll go at four. Yeah. Go at and then by the end of the day, you're like, Christ, I didn't. Do anything. Re- I didn't do anything for no. No good reason, reason. Yeah. and that is something that's a habitual thing that I struggle with. But I never would see like you see that stuff when you're single or when you're independent because there's you're responsible for yourself at all times. I honestly actually think you see it more when you are not when you are by yourself, but not when you are single. single. Because again, when you are single, there's always that element of looking for partnership true there's this seeking that's that's... there's a subtle level of seeking Mm -hmm. that is in play yeah true whereas if you're in a relationship a committed relationship Mm -hmm. especially that element of seeking isn't there oh in long distance it's it's easy to be like well what's it matter yeah he'll be home in four days what's it matter he'll be home and just that level of seeking partnership Mm -hmm. or companionship isn't really there so you actually are like really like living with yourself Mm -hmm. for a period of time and i think that like again is incredibly valuable you learn i just used to see i used to feel myself oh i'll just go to bed and it'll be tomorrow it'll be closer to when we're back together or things like that just like super dependency of like it could be functional for x amount of hours of the day but like at night around dinner time you get kind of sad and it's how do you and you're like ready to start over again but i think we've been doing it so long now that 
their the cadence of the day. It's not, oh, well, now it's dinner. I'll just go to bed. It's like, well, what do I want to do tonight? And like, if I want to go to bed because I'm tired, great. I won't yeah. stay up extra late with you like I do when you're home. But like, it's not this choice out of sadness. It's just a choice because I'll feel better if I go to bed. Yeah. You, and, you start making choices for you. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, it it starts to show you how you really want to live your life. And then when you come back together, oh, what of those habits can I still keep? What do I carry through? Yeah, exactly. What do I carry through? And it, it gives you a nice opportunity to create change. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, this is actually something that is important to me. Yeah, you get a clear vision keep, of what the priority is. I'm going to is. keep carving out time for that mm-hmm. when we're together. Yes, I don't have to sacrifice this just because you're home. Yeah, exactly. It's, we can fit this into our life, uh-huh. whether we're together or apart. Yeah, this or, is a priority. Or to I me. can fit this into my life, yeah. whether we're together mm-hmm. or apart. Because again, it's like some things you can't expect, like, oh, you want to wake up at six and go for a run. That doesn't mean I want to wake up at six and go for a run. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But like, and you're not putting that on somebody else. Yes. Like, your ambition is your own. Mm-hmm. You can offer it. Mm-hmm. But, the, but assuming the other person to take it, is is the wrong assumption like like oh i'm gonna do this yeah okay cool like do your thing like yeah um i'll see you when you get back i'll see you when you get back like for example uh carling did a big photo shoot for a prenatal book that she's making be very excited if you're mm-hmm. into prenatal yoga that's going to come out um in the next few months uh just the last one of the last couple of days and after that she was super tired and i was like hey do you want to go to the beach um to hang out for a bit because it's beautiful outside and she's like Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I thought about it and thought, it's beautiful. He wants to go outside. That'd probably be nice. And then I thought, no, I just kind of want to lay here. Like, I'm just, I'm tired. And it was like, all right, cool. See you in an hour or two. Yeah. But just having the ability to be like, you know what? That doesn't actually feel the best to me right now. And being cool with it, and mm-hmm. then and you not taking and, 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 offense, and not to taking it. offense to it, you know what I mean? And then being like, oh, well, you don't want to spend time with you. Oh, you you don't you you're not an outside person. I'm, yeah. I'm an outside person. Yeah. No, there must be something wrong. It's like no, like yeah. you just want a few minutes to hang out, to relax, yeah. do your thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna go do my thing, just hang out at the beach, just enjoy yeah. enjoy being outside, have my own little have my own mm-hmm. fun, and then come back. And mm-hmm. it's like no big deal. And I think that, um, you know, without it's one of the things that, that you develop when you have some space. Yes. You know, and it's, some it's clear a, vision. And so again, like if you're looking for, um, you know, if you're looking for value in the time apart, and I think that's one of the biggest benefits to having a long distance relationship. Again, it keeps coming back to this about how do you value your time mm-hmm. and, and where do you spend your time? And as you begin to get more comfortable with that, you know how to be an individual in a relationship, but still be supportive in what it takes to be supportive of another person. Yeah. Because I think, again, like the biggest, I know for a fact, at least to me, the biggest strength of our relationship is um, the companionship and the support that we have for one another. Like it's like it's unwavering yeah. in that regard. And so, um, and it, it, but it's because of all of the all of the things yeah it's this level of cohesiveness like cohesive community support but not codependence yes right and, and it's hard to tell the difference sometimes mm-hmm. um until you get that um pause like moment yeah. to breathe yeah it's like that little before it, you get going again um that keeps you kind of grounded in who you are not who we are yeah because I, again i think like if you were in a in the relationship day to day coming back to how it becomes reactionary because you can always be together mm-hmm. and 
like taking a moment to allow yourself to assess how something went or how something is going not like oh i need to change pace that one thing went bad mm-hmm. or i need to completely shift i mean that's not this conversation some conversation for another day or for you personally to decide but it is really understanding how am i actually being in this relationship like how am i what am i giving to it mm-hmm. versus what am i taking from it and giving yourself the opportunity to have the space to do those things is just so important in a long distance relationship this just the question of like what am i the giving taking what am i getting out of this what am i giving how much of yourself can you really give in a long distance relationship Mm -hmm. and being honest about that and being okay with being honest that like i can only give if you're in a long distance relationship and your careers are just winding down different roads how how much can you honestly give and it's okay to be real with your partner about I can't give what you need. Yeah. And I think at that point, even though that's hard, that's where more than love becomes the factor that there's no way to um, to manage everyone's expectations, time, commitment if you can't be honest about it. Yeah. If you can't really take a, a look at where you are. Long distance relationships, I think they just they seem there. It, it's easy to try to hold them together with duct tape. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To just just keep it going because it seems easier. Yeah. And, and it's not that they can't be done. It's just, what are your tools? Like, I think we have some really good tools that we've developed to deal with it that are important in a long-distance relationship. And without those tools in your toolbox, you can be left um, taking a lot from each other but not giving much of yourselves. Yeah, I completely agree with that. What do you think are the three biggest tools that you have? for the the distance, the time apart? The biggest things that I think can serve as tools or coping mechanisms, but not coping in a negative way, but just coping with the situation at hand, are maintaining and owning your independence. 100%. Being okay with being independent, embracing it, because it's an important characteristic, it's an important part of your life, and it's okay to feel good by yourself, even if you feel good with another person. Not feeling guilty about, I had a great day today just as me or that like sometimes when you're leaving if it's a short trip I'm a, I kind of look forward to having a couple days mm-hmm. so I'm like oh I can do this thing I'll have time to do this or oh I'll I'll be able to go do the go because I'm distracting because you are distracting god you're so <laughs> distracting I, it's true I'm like from a business standpoint, you're extremely distracting. If you ever wonder why I, you get a ton of emails from me and then you don't get any for a while, it's because you came home. <laughs> like, it's true. Like, What's up? There, How you doing? Like, there are times when I, I totally do look forward to I mean, I don't look forward to you leaving for three-week trips, but if you're yeah. going for like to teach a weekend of, of workshops, I there is an element of relief and independence to like, oh, I can do X, Y, and Z. Oh, I'm going to go do this. Oh, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to go... Mm-hmm see my friends or any of those things it just it removes the well I guess it removes the energetic um, obligation of caretaking for Mm -hmm. someone else right I'm sure it's like going on vacation without your kids or even when we go somewhere and yokai doesn't come there's that moment of like what should should we do we don't have to find someone to take care of yokai like it it, there's a relief to it Mm -hmm. and so Owning that and be okay with that. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't say. And anything. It doesn't make you a bad person. No, like and it doesn't say anything about our relationship no. or like that. I don't want you to be home, but it's okay to feel like, oh, it's kind of nice to have a weekend off. Yeah. It's okay to be like, I'm gonna do this or that, and not be 
um, so involved with someone else's energetic component mm-hmm. to just be on your own wavelength. There's something empowering about that. I think it's important to come back to it. So managing and embracing your independence for sure. That's number one. I also think, well, really managing expectation too. Yeah. Because that's a good one. Especially when you're traveling and we're both working respectively from two ends of the spectrum, a lot of times on similar projects. Mm-hmm. But there'd be times when I think we would talk and it's two o'clock in the afternoon for me. So I'm in work mode. So I'm like, what do you think about this? You want to book this gig here? Let's do that. And for you, it's 2 a.m. and you got home from dinner or midnight. And it's like, I've been talking. You've been talking. For nine straight hours. <laughs> You've taught two or three workshops and had a dinner. Yeah. It's all getting all fun. But a lot of energetic output. Yeah, like more in my jaw. It yeah, it's a lot, a lot of talking, right? The travel is a lot. You're with studio owners and students, and yeah. they're excited to see you, and you're excited to see them. Yeah. But if I'm at home sitting and I've been working and brainstorming all day mm-hmm. and on emails, and then I finally get you on FaceTime, and I'm like, I have all this stuff, and you're like, I'm half asleep. I cannot talk about a gig in 2021 right yeah. now. But I'm like, but I need to get that back to them, and it just managing the expectations. That it's not. It's not fair on my end, too, to expect that someone who's in a completely different time zone, different wavelength, different emotional output situation would have that, all, that time to, to give it back to me. Yeah. yeah. And same with you. Like, if you want to sit and talk to me all about your, like, esoteric experience walking through Paris, mm-hmm. but I'm like, hey, I got class in 20 minutes. Like, yeah. how's it going? Yeah. Nice chop to talk. It, chop it Love you. Gotta go. <laughs> like, yeah, like... Like today, junior, it's just like, <laughs> it's the same thing your expectations because you're not in the same physical space, remembering that the other person might be in a different energetic space and that's okay too. It's not personal. Yeah. That like, if it's you're talking to me at 12 after two workshops and dinner with the studio owner and hanging out with students and you don't have that much to say, it's not about me. It's not about you. And I have to understand that it's not or vice versa. Yeah. 100%. Like it's not personal. Third tool is being able to see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. The same way you manage expectations and, and you don't take things personally yeah. and understand that you're in a different time-space continuum sometimes, you're not going to the same wavelength. Yeah. Um, just seeing the bigger picture of what's it all for. And, and, uh, completely. And it's almost like not wishing your life away. Yeah, totally. You mean like, oh, I can't wait to see you in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait to see you in 13 days. Oh, I can't wait to see you in 12 days. Like, of course you feel that yeah. way. Don't sit there and wish it's 12 days from now. Oh, yeah. Or 12 straight days. Like, like I said, I used to do in so, Portland. Oh, yeah. I'll just go to sleep and tomorrow it'll only be four days. And then yeah. it'll be three days. And it's like, what a waste of Like, there's precious so time much and, you can do yeah. and, and give and have mm-hmm. in those, like, in terms of your human experience in those 12 days or 14 days or whatever the, the space is, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's, really learning to like oh see the bigger picture of the relationship see the bigger picture of yourself and uh and and allow your your trajectory to kind of unfold Mm -hmm. in a sense and embracing how it is whether that's working towards not being in a long distance relationship anymore trying to figure out the logistics of how do we get to finally come together won't that be glorious (laughs) um or okay is this is this normal is this life okay so what's it gonna take like if this yeah. is how we, if we've decided this is how we want to spend our time, this energetic output, this type of connection works for me, then what do we need to do to maintain that? Yeah. Because it, it does require both parties to be on the same page about that. Completely. Uh, and just like in any relationship, but more so long distance where it's easy to 
just kind of float apart without even realizing it because you have independent lives and streams and you know split pathways going on yeah it's like just finding finding time to stay connected finding time to really have honest conversations where you're like fully plugged in there's a lot of integrity in your dialogue mm-hmm. and, and what you're giving and, and making sure that you can both be in the same space too to have those conversations mm-hmm. you know um just touching back to a point you were making before about how with expectations like oh you want to have this big chat mm-hmm. but i'm not in the space to have that big chat so it's like okay i have the opportunity to table this big chat mm-hmm. for when you can also have yes. this big chat yes it not things can't be as on demand mm-hmm. you know it just is and and they'll be better if everyone's honest about what's realistic there yeah you know that also sometimes 20 minutes of of good connected I mean, honestly, everything is easier with FaceTime these days, it to really be frank. Is. I mean, it's, I can't imagine how this was done as uh, um, pen pal status. Um, like, no. it's nearly impossible. It's, you know, it's, I literally can't imagine it. But being honest about is 20 minutes of good connection more worthwhile than on FaceTime for three hours while each of you does something else? Yeah. And it's just like, well, now it feels like we're in the same room. Mm-hmm. It does. It's nice. It's comforting. But, Maybe some days that's better. Maybe some days it's not. And just being honest about bigger picture, what kind of communication do you want to predicate your relationship on? Yeah. Because there are different levels of communication. You just have to be on the same wavelength for it to make sense. Yeah. Find time to have it all make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So bracing your independence, managing expectations, and finding the ability to see the bigger picture. Yeah. All good things. So if you're in a long distance relationship or you're just working through a relationship in general, I think those are three things that, you know, kind of work no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's working for us so far. Yeah. All right. With that being said, you guys, thanks so much as always for tuning in to another episode of Life in Commune, officially the second one mm-hmm. in a week. Mm-hmm. Knock, yeah, look at us off, go. C- committing to excellence. Right. And if you're in Seattle and, you know, while Patrick's gone, you want to come over and eat some, some pad thai or. Or practice yoga, practice yoga at commune. Let me know because I'm around I, now. You know, we can hang out independently. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, you guys, we hope to see you. Well, there's yoga. Always making his scene. As always, you guys have an amazing day. We hope to see you on the mat soon. If you're looking to practice with us in the future, you can always join us at Commune Yoga in Seattle in Wallingford neighborhood. We have a training coming up if you want to travel this summer, August 15th to 18th, inversion training. The best time to come to Seattle. It's the best time to come to Seattle. Literally the best. Just think you'll do lots of amazing handstands. It'll be sunny and you'll go swimming in beautiful Lake Washington. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we also have just a few spots left in our 300-hour teacher training in Bali in November. We also have a number of jobs coming up in Europe in the end of September and October. Um, namely the Scottish Yoga Conference, teaching in Amsterdam, teaching in Ireland. And uh, in London and, at Indaba as teaching well. teaching in Indaba in London. All that stuff is online, patrickbeach.com. Have an amazing day. I think I said that twice. Yep. Yo, guys, rattling, so we got to get going. <laughs> you guys got to get taken for a little walk, a little jaunt. See you next time.